Episode 2, Poppin' Flags. Alex Brosnan and his come up in the game. His success in five man, his rise in eight, and his sights to bring the Narps on a national level. Alex is one of the best I've ever seen throw in flag football. He discusses how he started taking his lumps in five man as a quarterback, how his pitching experience in high school and college has helped him, and how he wants to lead his eight man team, the Narps, to legendary status as he vies to bid to join the seven on seven AFFL flag football tournament this summer. My conversation with Braz now. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref, and I'm with a special guest, elite quarterback from flag football and pitcher from Malloy College, Alex Brosnan. How are you, man? What's going on? Happy to be here. So I met this young man. I think he was still in college, right? Yeah, I think I was 19 or 20. Yeah, so uh, when I first started officiating, when I when I learned from Lou, um, he was one of the, the teams that I would always constantly do, and they were called, at the time, Balls Deep. And I've seen this young man grown to a... Uh, to a fine young man, um, and I remember we used to have a little bit of tussles, not m- me so much, but um, I guess just uh, lack of respect for the referees or a lack of what we were doing, but I think over time, as he's become more wise, he's uh, gained mutual respect for players and referees alike. Would you, is that safe to say? Yeah, that's that's definitely good to say. When I was young, it was just, I never thought I was wrong, so there was no self-reflection. It was always that call has to be wrong because there's no way I could be wrong. Mm. But reality, as you grow up, you think, oh, well, they're doing their job. They're doing what they're supposed to do. So you treat other people the way you want to be treated. It's not that they're going out to get you. It's they're doing what they're supposed to do. Right. So you didn't even start with flag football. One of your things growing up was baseball. Um, Talk about your journey of learning how to play baseball and where you went with that and if you played any other sports growing up. It's funny. I mean... I played other sports growing up, but it was always baseball, basketball, and then I never, I never played organized football, which is crazy to me. But it was always like, oh, you should play, you should play. But baseball was always what I was gonna do. It was what I was good at, um, and all my friends that I play with now on my play football team, I played baseball with. Um, but I played since I was five years old. Stopped playing when I was turning 23 when I got released. I played a little bit of pro ball. But it really shaped me into who I am today. It taught me how to compete. So being able to compete and deal with failure, which we dealt with a lot of failure in the beginning of our balls deep days, made me just grow as a person. And I think sports is the best way for anybody to grow up. I think it teaches you so many life lessons that mm-hmm. you can't learn anywhere else. Um, makes you develop relationships that will be with you forever. So that playing baseball, playing football, playing basketball, playing all those things just made me who I am today and I wouldn't change it yeah and I'll just say as a baseball official and I don't even think I told you this and maybe you've heard from a different podcast but I'm trying to be a college baseball official which was kind of a turn because I remember it was just three years ago one of my first scrimmages was at Farmingdale and you saw me yep. and you were like what the fuck are you doing here I didn't know you had any not I didn't know that like, baseball was what you were trying to do at that point. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't at all. And I, I kind of got into it by accident because I was doing a basketball middle school game. And I was um, working with this gentleman by the name of Bob. And he was trying to tell me uh, after the first time. I was like, man, you'd be really good at baseball. And I'm like, what do you see in me in basketball that I'd be good in baseball? He's like, no, I could just tell by your presence and all that. And he was like, well, you should do it. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. And he was like, oh, well, I signed the Catholic League. And I was like, oh, I'm signing up tomorrow. <laughs> so ever since then, I have been accustomed to doing like Chaminade and St. Anthony's. And I mean, the first time I remember I was behind the plate, 
um, I just was terrified to get hit because I'm not used to doing sports yes. where you're like behind it. Um, but you know, as growing up, the first sport that really gravitated towards me was baseball. And it was because it was always like shitty Met teams and shitty Yankee teams on TV. I had no, I had no cable. So I would get into like Danny Tartable, Don Mattingly and seeing all of these guys. Main drops. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and the thing was like, I I think what a thrill for me was when I watched the 91 world series, when it was Jack Morris game seven, I was always a sucker for like amazing defense and pitching. So I I guess one of like my biggest things that I wish I could have done at the time was officiate you in baseball because I heard you were a hell of a pitcher. So just talk about that before we even get into flag football about, you know, just your Farmingdale career and your, um, your college career at Malloy. Um, So Farmingdale wasn't, much of a baseball town, it's a lacrosse town. Uh, they won state championship my senior year in lacrosse. So a lot of my buddies, when we were like, hit that like 12, 13 mark, when you go into middle school sports, like you're going to go one way, you're going to go the other. Mm-hmm. There was never a question for me. I was always going to play baseball. Went up to varsity my end of my freshman year. Started for three years. Um, we had a good run, Farmdale. You know, we went we went to in the county semis my senior year. Um we, we kind of changed the culture, which was good to see. Like, Vinny Schultz, who plays on our team, was our shortstop. Um, but, you know, we we had a good senior class. We went far. College, Malloy was great. I work in Malloy now. Um, but I was fortunate enough to play professional baseball, even for the limited amount of time it was, just seeing that as sports as you go on, teaches you so much. Like, when you get released, it's either, all right, you can feel sorry for yourself or you could just move on and find something else that you're going to be passionate about. So, um, you know, I had a good career. Um, pitching was great. You know, I still think it's the best thrill you can ever have because mm-hmm. you're totally in control of a game. Yep. Like, quarterbacking is fun at that point, too, but pitching, it's always it's a mind game. You're a step ahead of somebody. 1,000%. And there's nothing better than knowing, like, all right, here's my best. doesn't matter what you're going to do. You're getting out. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, it, it was great. teaches you a lot. Um, the work ethic you have. To be a pitcher, to be successful, the toll it takes on your body is incredible. You know, there's still, like, if I learned to throw from different angles, to throw football, all from my pitching, all from playing different. Like, you look at Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. his dad was in the bigs. Mm-hmm. This guy throws from the craziest arm angles. Like, 1,000. You know, I know that I could still pivot off my left foot and have the arm strength, because I did it my whole life, to throw across my body. Mm. So it teaches you how to – you could put a baseball player in basically any sport – and he'll learn how to adapt, which is you can't do that in baseball because the hardest thing in sports is to hit a round ball with a round bat. So if you're able to do that, I think it helps you in a ton of other competitions and competing because you know baseball, one, it's a game of failure completely. Two, you're going to be put in situations where there's going to be pressure the entire time. So I think that really helped me. Um, I wouldn't change anything, you know. People are always like, oh, maybe... You know, when I first out of college, I, I probably committed a little too early. Went to one school, had transferred to another school. Like, oh, what if you didn't do that? But, like, that's just what happens. Like, you know, that's great. And I made, I made great friends from that. Guys that I play football with now are from a, two, two colleges I went to. So I have no regrets about that. That's awesome. And obviously you segued that to a successful flag football career, but it wasn't always as successful. So um, just describe how you even got into flag football and I guess your journey into becoming to what you are today. We So in Farmingdale, there's this like youth league. And I think I played in it from like I was in ninth grade to 12th. I think 10th, 11th, 12th grade, I wanted to feed it. I was the, the 
coaches pick their players. I, was, I think it was always the first pick in the draft, and my team won undefeated three years in a row. And we were just blowing every other team out in the league. And then I went away to college, and I came back in that fall, and I transferred back, and I was like, oh, let's try to do this. Let's try to put a team together. And there's not a single player that's on my team now that was on the original team. Mm. We were terrible, and you know. We, yeah. were, we started off the season 0-5. And well, s- let, let's, let's backtrack. So I've been doing it for a couple of years, almost 10 now, which is weird. But um, I remember from your team, and, you know, I'm a study, I, I study football. I, I know what's going on. So I always thought your throwing style was always, was always ahead of the personnel you had. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think a lot of times you were kind of forcing it because you were like, if you just do this, we'll be successful. But you didn't realize that another good attribute that you needed to have was to rain it down certain times. Yeah. And you didn't have those pockets. So, you know, I just always thought that you always had potential. But the thing in, in flag football is that you got to take those lumps, you got to take those failure type reps because, you know, I see so many teams that don't persevere because. And you're talking about the ending, like how you, you know, I think what's what's commendable about your baseball career. I've had the best baseball player I've ever seen in my life, in real life, is Reed Gurecki. I went to high school with him. I, I was in, I was in, we were in the same homeroom. So, like, the athletes in my homeroom just alone was legendary. And Reed was the top. And the thing was, he made it to the majors, like, for a month. And, I mean... I've never seen somebody so good at baseball. And you realize that there's levels to this shit. But, you know, what's commendable about you is that when you had your pro thing, um, you don't want the ending to be long. No, you know was, what I'm saying? This is like, what it is. The ending know, is... Cut the cord, move on. But, I, had, I had no regrets, which was the best part. Right. No regrets. But the problem is, like, what's weird is that you knew when to let go. But I think, in contrast, when you first start flag football, sometimes it's so frustrating because you can be all county in track and you have yeah. the fastest person. You got this stud who is all county in basketball. You got an ace pitcher and you can't get it together, right? So once you didn't have success with Balls Deep, what changed and what made you start taking it super serious? Well, it's funny how you say, like, any sport I played when I was younger, I didn't really fail at. So mm. I was like, this is a little different. Mm. Like in baseball, you lose a game, but you know you're still good. Right. You knew you pitched. I knew you, no you matter what. You pitched the complete game, yeah. and it was because. I threw a complete game every start my senior year of college. Wow. I lost two games, but I, I pitched fine. Gotcha. So in football, it was like, okay, we, like, I, there's teams out here that wouldn't throw passes over four yards, and they mm-hmm. would beat us. And I'm mm-hmm. like, it was so frustrating. But then you had to see. It's funny, like Brian said on the last podcast, like flag football is not football. It's different. You need to know the nuances of the game. And I'll tell you right now, we run the same – right now, we run the same – you'll see it. We run the same exact play every time we have extra point. Oh, you know how many times I make fun of you with that? You yeah. don't remember when I'm like, are we going to run the play again? We run the same play every time, <laughs> and no one stops it. It's like we run – nothing changes from it. But, like, that's like a nuance. Like, you pick that up. I picked that up from Rod Bland, Oceanside head coach. Like, mm. You see things, you're like, oh, wow, that can, that can react. So back to the balls deep, balls deep things, you know, we had talent. We had guys that ran that good 60 times and, you know, good athletes. Or But there was no cohesiveness in, like, all right, guys, like, if we're going to do this, we got to practice. You know, we got to put the time in. Our first year, I remember, we would start off season 0-5, and, and then we won that first game, and then it started, like, all right, people build confidence. And our first year, we went all the way to the Nassau County Finals and lost to Blackout. So it was still a good team, mm-hmm. you know, and – 
then it was like, all right, we're three and five. Then everybody went out and bought wristbands. And I was able to call players to the line. Then you start getting like, okay, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And you, everybody starts believing. So you got to create that culture like anything else. If you have a good culture, people are coming in and they know exactly what they're supposed to do. So, but we've had some, I had some really, really bad losses with balls mm. deep. Like we've got to points that we, we were more talented than teams, but pressure would come and we'd drop a ball, we'd miss a flag, we I would throw a pick, something just wasn't happening. Then finally, I think what happened was wasted youth. We kept playing against them and I was able to take their best player onto our team. So getting Vinny, getting Logan for that time, Aaron, you know, I'm the most athletically gifted guy in the world. He but was his, very cerebral, though. But his brain 1, was a huge addition to our team. 1,000%. Getting Vinny home from college, Vinny Schultz, getting Eric back, those guys were like, all right, we have a core now. Like, that was the reason we took it. It's all because of those guys. Yeah. They make me look better. Those are, those are the guys. Like, And bringing Matt over, Matt Castaneda is one of the best receivers in the league. Mm-hmm. So bringing that guys, and they're just as competitive as I am, and they're will to win. Should see our group chat this year when we won Long Island Championship. It was like the scouting report was out there. Like you have to take this seriously, otherwise you can get blown off the ball. Because mm-hmm. everybody, once the game starts, is going to take it just as serious. But it's all that preparation that goes into it is what's going to put you over the top. Right. Like Brian Alfieri said, you can't just show up. Like there's guys that just show up on Sunday. Yeah. No problem. That's what you want to do. You want to go home over. No problem. Like, but we're we can still be somewhat over. We're going to be ready to go though. We know exactly right. what we're doing. And I find that weird because you know sometimes I've done many of your uh, night league blowouts where we're done in 20 minutes. Yeah. And then I always hear like kind of like a backhand the comment where they say like, oh, they take it too serious. And I'm like, but dude, you're here at 10 o'clock, and you're here. And yeah. you're ready to play, and you're telling me that now that it's not going successfully for you, that's that's your mindset. That's not your mindset. No, that's you're just, just people, getting your ass kicked. That's just people. People these days, like they can't accept defeat. They like it's always like, oh, they're too serious. Like no, like we're still here, we're still playing. You just can't accept defeat. Like a man, just move on. I'm right, like, we're all here. Like mm-hmm. we haven't lost a nightly game in six seasons. Like we we didn't play this season because like it got to the point where. That's because Alfieri ain't playing. No, I'm fucking with you. Listen, I, would, I, I respect Brian. He's great. I look up to him. He's one of the reasons I started playing. I would want. I want to play Brian right now. I'd love to play the best. Well, he is. He's the best. He's I would go. love to officiate it. No problem. I would play him anytime, anywhere. We're not afraid of them. They're great players, great people. But I love to play against those guys. But that's the, these kids nowadays. I get in the league. These 19 year olds that we beat, and they have the audacity to talk to us. Like, like you got to take your lumps. Like there's guys in night league. Like all right. They'll keep within 20 points. Yeah. And, like, I like to play against the guys after the game. It's like, hey, keep with it. Like, one that we were you. I'm telling you, you're going to get better. And but that's that's why I try to tell them as yeah. a ref perspective, and I always try to tell them, like, yo, it was just six short years ago yeah. where they were literally you. When but, I was 19, and someone said to me, I'd be like, yeah, screw, screw off. But, like, now it's like, no, serious, man. Like, I'm, we're mature. Like, you guys are going to get good. Yeah. Like, good good trust the, pos- trust the process. They're pretty good. Really good. Two years ago, they took us to overtime. In the summer uh, semis, and I was like, yo, these guys are going to be good. And I played baseball with one of their guys, and I'm like, just stick with it. And they won this year. I'm like, serious. And you, you can tell, like, those guys are su- super talented. They're going to be good. I also think that the Westbury washups are good. It's just that their their attitude is always kind of, like, spilling too much. I, I'm not going to comment on them. There's <laughs> n- their lines don't worry about beans of sheep. So I'm, I'm a friend uh, of all the people. Yeah, Remember that. The, let's get on to the next topic. <laughs> I got you. So... 
how was your transition from mastering five man and then moving on to eight man? Because that's something that was a new component. Now you have stiff arms. Now you have a real line. And it's just a completely different game. And just like you were saying, football versus flag football, flag football, five man is way different than eight man, which I treat as a different sport. It's completely different. Like I never took a three step drop. I never knew how to like check at the line. Like if I see a stunt coming, like how to move around. So that was like a learning process. Um, but we started playing eight man because five man got to the point where it was boring. Right. We just kept winning, and like we would never have our best team on Sunday. Like I, I wouldn't have like Vinny D. I wouldn't have Logan on Sundays. So they were playing with their like original hometown team, and like some of my guys were like we don't want to play Sundays. Like we'd rather play something else. So I was like, all right, let's do let's do eight man, and we ended up like getting together a line. And our original eight man team was like we were just based on like. We pure athleticism, and like we went to the county finals our first year, and we got beat by a team that was better than us. Like they they took it to us. Mm-hmm. Um, the eight man transition, I think, is the eight man. I've only played one game of nine man, and it was wasn't with my guys, but it was by far one of the most fun things I've ever done. Was it way different than even eight man? It's, it's, it's like I've never played like full eleven eleven football, but like that's probably as close as it gets. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. But eight man is just as I think it's. I mean, it's a notch below it, but it's it's pretty cool, especially with the linemen and the game plan. Like playing a playing a zone, you'll see a zone. Like you, they send that edge edge. It's just like I love to be like challenged mentally in sports, and like that's the biggest mental challenge for me. And we started off as a D team. We had two really really. And we had our second in our second season. We were undefeated. We had one of the worst losses I've ever had playing a sport. We had two. 14 point leads in the second half of the county championship and lost the game. Like, we, if AD missed a 50 yard field goal, his time expired. Like, the worst losses. And I literally walked to the field. I've never said this before. I was like, I don't want to play football anymore. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this because I just couldn't. We just couldn't. We were at the same hunt in five man. Right. And then we stuck with it, went undefeated in the, in the fall, won the whole thing. We went back and see in the, in the spring last year, lost. And then this year, our team faced a ton of adversity. Uh, we had guys get hurt. Two guys out for the season. Uh, we never had more than eleven guys at a game. We won the whole thing. Won the whole thing. So I, the guys I had this year was why you play. Like they were just the best teammates you could have. Mm-hmm. Showed up every day. Linemen going both ways. And eight man it brings you back to that team feeling. Like you guys that play college sports. There's nothing better than a locker room after a big win. Eight man getting everybody on the same page is there's that's as close as you can get to playing a college sport again, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, nothing like it. Can everybody working together? Uh, what a feeling! It's just this year was. We went through a gauntlet of teams in the playoffs too. We played some really good teams, and to come out of that and going to be this year is fun. I think we could take our eight man teams at next level and go to like a nationals event. I know for five man, there's no doubt in my mind we can go to nationals and compete. So eight man, I I would acknowledge everybody to go try at least once. If you were a competitor, play it because you'll your juices are flowing. It's like I remember the first game we ever played. I looked at one of and I'm like, "Wow, I want to play mm. this every day." But you know, it does take a toll on your body, so you yeah, gotta sure. be careful with it. So that's why five man, eight man tournaments to me are like because eh, your body's not supposed to do that on a normal basis. You're not supposed to play three games getting mauled in the trenches. Right. Five man, you can play forever. So yeah. five man still to me is still the best you can play. If you were me, would <laughs> if you were to give me advice, would you? Should I stay doing five man or should I just go like you know what I should do eight man? If I were you, I'd stick doing five man forever. Thank it's you. It's just it's just just looking at it from a whole 
you're a great five man ref, I think that would be just, just to hone that craft even more is so much more important than saying, all right, I'm going to dedicate half my time to this, mm. but I know I'm so good at this. Yeah. Let's just keep on getting better and going to the top in that, you know? I like being uh, the king of my own little yeah, kingdom. Yeah, everybody does. Yeah. You know, you want to be the best at what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, then you, it's like anything else. If you're going you're gonna to be the new guy, even though you know those guys, you're still going to be the new guy, you know? And who wants to be the new guy when you know you're leaving? You don't know if you're leaving for greener pastures. It might be better on the other side. It might mm-hmm. be better where you at. Especially, you know, FFL, like... Five man, you know, okay, these are all the same teams. I can be at these fields. Eight man, it's like, all right, I might be in Lido Beach today. Nobody wants to go to Lido Beach. No, Sunday. I've never been there either. Don't. There's nothing there. <laughs> it's not worth it. I've been there to go to the beach. Yeah, and that's, that's about, about it. it. Not in October, though. Which, ironically, one day I went to Long Beach and I saw all of PH7. Yeah. And they were, I was like, what are you doing here? Yeah, PH7. Um, nice guys, though. Not absolutely. Anyway, so um, you, you were even saying that since eight man gives you the competitive juice, but five man now it's kind of been stale. If five man was as competitive as eight man, you think you would prefer playing five man over eight man? I think it's a good question. Um, if I could play both, I would like to do that. Mm. Like I know when Brian used in the 49ers when they first really started, they were playing both. I think it's tough to get you guys. We did it last fall. We won both, won five man and eight man. Um, but five man to me will always be the home for me. Mm-hmm. Just because I know my players, it's always tough to get linemen. Yeah. You know, to take that. I know my guys at five man, we can line up in the street and we'll. Well, we'll I, f- I think you got the culture now. We it's kind of like the Spurs. So, we, I mean, if you could just have a turnkey with, yeah, with receivers. Plug and play, gonna, plug and play. Like, as yeah. long as I have Vinny, Vinny, and Eric at some point, we'll be more than all right. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. get through to those guys in the dark. So, I agree. Five man, if I could, I, if I had a pick, it's five man, just because the legacy we've created, the culture we've created. Um, like, Brian Calhoun, Alfieri, those guys, like, you know, that's who, that's who you want to be. You want to be those guys. So, like, yep. I think, for me, that's possible in five men, you know. Yeah, and I just hope that at some point, I know when I first started, I guess I was lucky because I was able to see a lot of great competition, and it's it's definitely depreciated over the, over the years. So, like, to me, not that I haven't been taking it as serious, I just have been taking other sports more serious because of the competitive spirit that I get from basketball and baseball. But, I, you know, I hope at some point there's a renaissance, I mean, and too. I hope you're still around um, when it is. Well, you remember when we first started playing, like, when you had to go through, like, to get out of Nassau, just in beat. It was a gauntlet. It was, it was definitely really a gauntlet. It was, like, mm-hmm. lemon butter, wasted youth, yep. dead rabbits, black house, um... I, they changed their team every name. Those guys from Mespico with that, <laughs> the QB. We had a really good receiver. I yeah. don't remember. I don't even know what they're called anymore. But the, they were I, good. the United States of changing yeah, every, the annexation they changed of Puerto Rico. Every yep. name, but they were good. And there was, I'm sure, there's three, four other teams. I'm forgetting. Like Game Over would used to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, so all those teams were good. And like um, uh, bread and butter before they merged with lemon before they merged with Lemon Tree. All those teams were good. To get out of there was like, oh, screwed. You know what I mean? Like those those are those are good teams. And if you look at five man A this year, we were, I was like texting Danny. I was like, should we play? Is it worth our time? And they told me who was playing. I was like, it's not. It's not worth mm. the time. You know. At some point, it'll flip. It'll yeah, flip. I hope it really does. So night league, I think, has made it easier for teams because I think eight man has grown. Five man. Back to what we were saying before, there's like 35 teams in five-man well, C. I, th- I think it's grown, but it hasn't grown in terms of competitiveness. No, no, it's grown in like, all right, we'll play it's in It's grown C. in numbers, and there's a lot of people that have like, 
they got two seasons in, they got six seasons in, they got four seasons in, where you need people that are like 30 seasons in, 26 yeah, yeah, seasons yeah. in, we've, to be worth it for you. We've won like 58 games in a row. Like, yeah. I need a team that's going to challenge us. And the last team to challenge us is Calhoun. And back to him, the first time I ever played Calhoun was in a tournament, I looked at Vinny, and I was like, wow, we're going we're gonna to smoke this guy. I'll look at him. And that, it wasn't you, but we had another ref, and he's like, yeah, he's going to beat you guys by 30. And he beat us 40 nothing. And you went, no way. I was and, like, no way. Yeah. This guy was incredible. Yeah, still. So he's still great. Look he, at the well, teams he beat two weeks, three he, weeks ago. He impresses me, man, with that quick release. He impresses me. I was recruiting a baseball game, and I saw his son, and I was like, your son's this old? I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's incredible, you know? <laughs> so he, he, but, like, that, you want to play the best. And, unfortunately, like, there's there's not that many good teams out there. Right. You know? So I know locally uh, the Bulldogs have basically paved the way to show that you can get this on a national scale with the 7-on-7 seven seven and the AFFL. Um, I do remember watching um, Brian on the NFL Network and the rest of his team, and I was thinking of the rule changes are so kind of drastic yeah. based on what he knows, and it was probably going to be a learning curve and you know, I kind of realized that watching it I never thought that he was getting smoked because he sucks it was just more like they have to get more adjusted to the rules yeah. and so now you're thinking for for your team to get to that level I think I I talked to Chris before I'm pretty sure we're gonna have a bid for for it in the New York regional um, but seven on seven is different I think it helps me because I'm a pocket passer so I don't have to scramble as long as I get a good snap I can get the ball out in four seconds but you have to play a completely different zone. The pop plays are different. There's not the center not going out. There's rule changes are very very different. And you're gonna play some crazy athletes. You're gonna, I mean, you're gonna play. You, Taj Boyd played. You know, mm-hmm. um, Danny Warfel played. These guys, guys the almost won Heisman. You know what I mean? Like these are these are as best as you can get. Yeah. And in seven on seven, I think it shows the most. It's close enough to real football where you can run like real route trees. Five men. You don't really do that. So I think you're actually going to – it's pretty close to real football in terms of, like, drops and, like, uh, yeah, I think the, angles I think the stuff. four seconds is the appropriate, appropriate amount of time right? because yeah. that's, that's kind of like when when the pass rush is too deep exactly. and now you have to make a move. Like the, the, interior, the clock in your head, like, okay, i got to get rid of the ball. Yeah. So I think it will be difficult, but I think we have a good mix of guys and new guys and stuff that will be able to do that. You know, But I think what hurts a lot of those teams is, yeah, we're going to take the great best athletes – yeah, those guys are really athletic, and my guys are athletic too, but we have such chemistry. You mm-hmm. got, I mean, Fighting Cancer, they had the best chemistry of the tournament. That's why they won. Also, Hoosh is an incredible athlete. Yes. But you put those two together, that's usually what. But that experience to me is the competitor in me wants to go win seven on seven first year, but like the somewhat of adult in me and like reality is like, all right, I'm probably not going to win in my first year, but if I get my feet wet, you know, get ready to keep winning, I'm only 25, I can still play. Yeah. That's that's the hope. Just be on that level with those athletes because the competitors like all right. And when you were saying before, um, how much has you know Calhoun his longevity and just seeing Brian being able to sustain excellence and seeing him from a young man to now, you know, an older older person in the, in the game. Has that has that made you um, inspired you to to have longevity in the game too? Definitely. I think Brian's five years older than me. And- Calhoun, I think he he's probably close to my dad's age. He's mm-hmm. like, I think he's mid fifties. Yeah. Know? So if those guys can do it, as long as I stay in shape and you know keep throwing, my elbow feels better than it has in a while. So arm feels good. You know, 
long as my receivers stay healthy, I'll, I'll play with my guys. I'm not I'm not going to go play with random guys just to play. I want mm-hmm. if I'm going to play, I'm going to play with my guys. Um, so I, I would love to play until I can't. You know, this summer, you know, this, I try to play as much as I can this summer, and the weather's better. You know, as a QB, I'd rather like throw in the warmer weather. It keeps your body in better. But if I could play as long as I could, you know, those guys are the. If you look as a, like when you look up to guys, like this is what you want to do. This is what you want to be. Those are the guys mm-hmm. in the flag football community. You know, especially here, they're both Hall of Famers. You know. Yeah. So it's like, I have different body types than both of them. I'm taller than both of them. You know. Um, Brian's more athletic to me, but I probably have a stronger arm than him. And I can like we have different facets oh, to our listen, game. But I love watching Calhoun because he's crafty. I enjoy watching Brian because he's very athletic. He's in superior athletic. But the reason why I enjoy you is because of those accurate bombs that you give to like Vinny. It's like man, I'm going home early tonight. Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you. We all <laughs> we have different games, but they all win. You know what oh, I mean? Great. Yeah, that's why I love playing against them because the styles are so different, but oh, yeah. the the goal and the cultures are the same. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm blessed with my receivers. My receivers are, I'll take them any day of the week. Yeah, so. I mean, but you you got to have somebody to throw 45 yards and, yeah. and you know through traffic. That's yeah, that's utterly amazing. So, having said everything that you've said, what do you think it took? What are the attributes that you possess uh, to get to where you are today? I think you just have to be one. You can't be afraid of anything. Like failure is going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's how you face adversity. That's what makes you. It makes you a man. How you grow up about that stuff. You know, um, when I was younger, you know, I didn't face much adversity. You know, when I was twelve to eighteen. You know, you're like, you know, if you're a good athlete, you know, stuff comes easy to you. But when you get released and you know you train your whole life and then your elbow pops on you, it's like, all right, what are you going to do to 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 uh, recover from this? So, I think what big thing is you just have to be able to. Be able to, be able to like when you something happens, adversity happens. Like you have, how do you respond to it? And two is like you have to have the right people around you. Mm. I think you have to be adult enough to rely on other people, but still know. Okay, I know it's best for myself, but it's easy to be like, all right, I can delegate a responsibility to them. I can delegate responsibility to these people. So you have to trust other people, but at the same side, at the same point, know what's best for yourself. Like I think that's what takes a good leader, is like how you empower other people. Like if. You're supposed to be a leader, and you show some type of bad emotion. How is that going to affect other people around you that are looking up to you? So I think you have to take all those into consideration and think, about, all right, what's the best course of action in certain situations? How has your relationship changed with the referees uh, from when you first started to now? It's If you could do more than 360, it's done more than 360. I mean, you can test on that. When you're 18, you're a hothead, you're like... You know everything, when in reality, you don't know anything. Like, these guys have been doing it for a while, and they're at this point because they're successful at what they do. Mm-hmm. So I think as long as you treat them with respect and, you know, I think this point, at the refs, if there's a call I don't necessarily think I, I don't, not saying I agree with, or so definitely, and I go up to you or different refs, like, hey, what'd you see there? And then you tell me, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'm cool with that, you know, no problem. I think you have to look at refs as they're actual human beings, and, they don't make mistakes often. When they do make mistakes, they're going to happen. And you just got to move on from yeah. it. You know, it's going to happen. But I like when refs say at the end of the game, hey, that third and 15 play, I missed that one. That's on me. Because mm. when I go to refs and I'm like, listen, I messed up after that, I think they like that too when you say something to them. So I think you have to have that mutual respect and that mutual communication line. When I was younger, there was no way. I, I'm shocked I didn't get more personal foul penalties. And it's funny because now when I play against teams, we played against this team, Suffolk, this summer. 
I don't know if you were reffing in the night league. We were beating about like 30. I think they were like 4-0 going to the game, and we just smoked them. And they were yelling and yelling at the refs. And I remember going up to them, like, guys, it's not going to do anything for you. Like, just, <laughs> we know. Just play the game. How we it's know. To be. And they yelled at us. I'm like, we're just trying to help you out. Yeah. Like, just, just be like, talk to them how you would talk to your boss. Right. That's how I would look at mm-hmm. it. You know, talk to them the way you'd want to be spoken to if you were in their shoes. Yeah. Just thinking about it. And as you grow up and play more sports, you realize that when you're 19, like you said, like you have to go through it. Mm-hmm. So I think you just need to look at them as a whole and know they're not out to get you. They're doing their job very well because they're good at what they do. Just pump the brakes a little bit. Absolutely. And I'm just happy that just when people see me on the field, they go, I'm not, it's not happening today. No. None of that stuff is happening. No. And that, that's that's a good feeling for me because I work hard to have that reputation. Oh, you guys work hard. You deserve the reputation because we talked about culture before, but that's the culture you created on your field. It's like, okay, I'm in charge. I'm not an authoritative guy where my way is the only way. We can have that communication, which I think is great, but I'm going to be the guy who makes the decisions. Right. Which is the perfect of dialogue you want between mm-hmm. people. That's what it comes down to. That's an any sport. Like you saying, you do basketball. You know, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's guys that are out of their minds. <laughs> you see it all the time. It's but not I'm the sure. word. Yep. But when you could speak and act like human beings to yeah. each other, that's when the best type of environment to be in anything mm-hmm. is, you know? Yeah. So I goes a long way. Yeah, listen, as long as you can explain it when and it, it being calm. Explain it and own it, you know? That's yeah. that's my big thing. I like that communication. Like, hey, even in baseball, I'm coaching baseball now, and, like, I see something maybe, all right, I thought he was a step before the bag, or, you know, I don't know balls and strikes are subjective, but, like, on a pickoff or stuff like that. And as long as they say, hey, this is what I saw, no problem. You know? Okay. Before we finish with flag football, I did want to say that your experience with the pitcher do you always adjust to a particular umpire's strike zone? It's funny. I preach to my pitchers not to do that. So just always have the just same pitch, stuff. Pitch your game because mm. I don't want they they're nineteen to they're eighteen to twenty one, twenty two. If you tell them to adjust something, you don't know how it's going to affect them mm. mentally. I would rather them sit in the zones that they're usually comfortable with because what happens if they adjust something for that week and then the next week when they go out there, or not even next week. Six innings later, and there's a new umpire and a doubleheader, and they go mm-hmm. out there, and it's completely different. So I'm going to pitch their game. The way I look at it is if he keeps hitting that knee-high knee outside corner spot, he's going to get it eventually. He's yeah, going to get I, it eventually. I was just going to say that when if, if I can relate this to basketball really quickly, if somebody's very proficient at dribbling, I'm going to I'm gonna let them get away with a carry a little bit more than somebody exactly. that can't really do it. So if I see a pitcher working hard and it not, not necessarily hitting the strike zone, but I know that his location is consistent, I'm more likely to call the strike. That's where he is. Especially on those, like, let's say we go shake to a fastball outside. If my guy's off the plate and he hits it, he's, sometimes he's going to get it, but sometimes he's not. But if mm-hmm. he keeps consistently hitting that spot, hitting that spot, hitting that spot, most of the time he's going to get. He's going to get maybe not all those calls, but a big one eventually. Um, what do you think are the attributes that you need in order for you to get to where you want to go? And where do you want to go with sports in general, of your coaching and flag football moving forward? Well, on the flag football end, I do want to get to that national level. You know, eventually I, I want to keep winning with my team. I want my team to keep growing. Um, I think we're moving in the right direction. I think being at 25, we... I looked the other day, we've counted. We have 22 championships or something like that at 25. We've only been playing five years. It's a mm. lot. So I think if we keep moving in the right direction, keep improving, keep working hard, keep adding pieces, knowing who to add, what not to add, 
well, hopefully we can get to that national level. We can play on those national tournaments, win. So, um, coaching career, you know, I just want to keep impacting players' lives. You know, keep giving them what's best for them to be successful. I mean, I have aspirations on where I want to coach and what levels I want to coach, and I want to, I want to, I want to go as as big as I can go. Has always been me. I always want to be the best at what I can do. And you don't think that those two things conflict, really? Eventually, they're going to. Mm-hmm. They're gonna. It's possible for them not to. Yeah. But for this point where I'm at now, I'm not going to worry about that. I'm going to do it. Decide at some well, point. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, life's going to happen, so you're going to have to make that decision. But for right now, I mean, I'm just going to enjoy it until until that decision comes. You know. Do you have an investment that's under a hundred dollars? That's like very essential to your athletic uh, abilities, or two, anything that you use uh, as a coach. Two things: I have a film break. I have an app that I use, the Huddle app, that I can break down all types of film I use for my pitchers. But I also like if we can break down some of our game stuff flag wise. It's really easy to do, and I can use that to watch other teams' films and break down, like go to a different angle and stop. So I think that's really good. Like. People say, oh, like, if you want to be the best, you're going to have to put extra time in mm-hmm. and anything. So if you can be able to break down film or give yourself new ideas on how you're going to be successful. And for my pitchers, uh, athletes nowadays, they want to visualize everything. So as long as you can show them stuff, you know, like, hey, this is what we're doing. Our arms are a little late. You know, we're not leaving with our hips. And that's good. They love it. They can use it. So I like that. And then from football-wise, I use the uh, – for my Duke, there's this, like – type of brush you can use and it keeps those dukes are expensive they're a hundred dollars and if you don't keep them like in warmth all the time they're going to break down so the duke duke brush keeps your keeps the uh ball like clean as you can be even if you use it in the weather so i found it on amazon it's like 30 bucks but great for me the ball because we play all the time so we're going to go through a ball so it keeps it as pretty much as new and that's so cool. clean as possible as you can yeah i like that who's, who's the one that's cleaning that eric <laughs> that's me i don't let anybody touch it <laughs> So you even micromanage the yeah. cleaning. Well, it's good enough if Eric can answer a text, you know. So we don't oh want to give him God. too much. One day, one day Eric will be on the uh, the podcast and he'll defend all of these yeah. accusations. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts before we part ways? I mean, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. You know, I know as a play football community, we think very highly of you. Uh, we love when we when you ref our games. We know we're going to get I appreciate a fair that, game. Man. I really we, do. Fair game. It's going to be a great environment. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that's what you want to be in. But I appreciate this and hope everybody tunes in. You know. I think the good thing is to treat other people like humans, no matter where you're going to be. And yeah. That culture you create will be will be what you want to be successful yeah. in. Yeah, and listen, um, I'm, I'm very, very proud of your growth. I'm very proud of all of the success that you, I've, I've been able to witness on my own just by watching you guys from afar. And, you know, even though I'm the ref and, and I'm trying to be completely impartial all the time, I'm always rooting for people to do well, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm even more happy that even in defeat, you guys have dignity now. You know what I'm saying? That's, and that's that's that very to important to me. So, like, that's an unbelievable point because when I was younger and lost, it was yeah. like, oh, I know. This is bullshit now. I'm like, I'm, gonna be the, I'm the first guy when we lose, but we haven't lost a lot. But when we lose, I want to be the first guy. But like, hey, good luck. Go get him. Like, yeah. that's how you got to be. You got to be the same way in defeat and loss. I've learned that from growing up and coaching, but you can attest to that. Like, Gotta be the same person twenty four seven. Well, just the fact that you have twenty two trophies means that there'll be other trophies. There better be. <laughs> there better be. <laughs> I have to give some away. I'm running out of room, but oh, it's man. a good problem to have, you know. Alex, man, this has been great, man. I appreciate it. This is awesome. For Alex Brosnan, I'm Ralph the Ref. This is the rant. We're out of here. Peace.